0: The reading today is taken from the Gospel of John, chapter 16. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All the Father has is mine. For this reason, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Amen. It is a pleasure to be with you this morning. I bring you greetings from your siblings in Christ at First United Church of Oak Park, where we worship every week of the year with no air conditioning. So (laughs) this is nothing. You should try the first week of August at First United. It's rough. It really is wonderful to be here. I have been in your building many times because I am in a clergy group with Pastor Kendra. And we have met here, and it is so wonderful to finally get to see your faces in this space, having been here and sensed your spirit so so many times. Uh, I know from hearing from Pastor Kendra what a wonderful congregation you are. I know that you are so loved by your pastors and that you are doing great things here in this place. So thank you for having me among you. It's such a treat to get to worship somewhere else, especially in a place that does worship so beautifully. Thank you for the beautiful music this morning. It has just been a treat to be here. Will you pray with me? Holy One, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. In your holy name we pray. Amen. So as I was studying the scripture for this week, I was sitting in the room at First United where we have our confirmation class. It was a little hectic in the office, and I needed to get away. So I went and sat in the confirmation room. And I was looking around at the walls of this room. There are visual aids all around to help young folks grasp our faith. One of the things that is featured in this room is timelines. There are several timelines. There's a timeline of the biblical story There is a timeline of the Reformation, and then there's another timeline that is all of church history up to the start of our congregation. It's really interesting to see where people begin and end a timeline like a timeline for church history, because where do you start and where do you stop? Uh, This timeline, interestingly, started with the baptism of Jesus. That is a rather unique place to start church history I think. A lot of folks would argue that church history would start at Pentecost. traditionally thought of as the birth of the church and last week we celebrated Pentecost. And that's one of my favorite stories. I really like the way it starts. It says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And it makes me think of the disciples huddled in this small circle, gathered in their meeting room, just so unaware of this great and mighty thing that was about to happen. This violent rush of wind when the Spirit came into their midst. That was quite a beginning. It seems like a lot of beginnings in our faith include the Holy Spirit. But our scripture this morning is the ending right before that beginning. This is in the middle of a passage that's often called the Farewell Address. This is Jesus giving instructions before his death. He's talking to the disciples about what they need to know before he is gone from their midst. He promises them that the Holy Spirit is going to come among them and say to them things that they cannot yet bear. There are things Jesus wants to tell them, but he can't tell them right now because they just wouldn't be able to bear it. I don't know if you have ever gotten a message like that, maybe a a voicemail or a text message where somebody says, I've got something I need to tell you, but I can't tell you yet. That just drives me nuts. I hate hearing that. What is it that is so important that you had to tell me that you could not tell me? That is an annoying thing to say. And yet, here's Jesus saying, there are things I need to tell you, but I can't tell you yet because you couldn't bear them. You think I couldn't bear to hear what you have to say? What I cannot bear is knowing there's something you're not telling me. I want to know what it is. What is it the disciples couldn't bear to hear in that moment? Why did they have to wait for the Holy Spirit? And waiting for the Holy Spirit is something that has a little bit of irony to it. This spirit, the bearer of wisdom, we first hear about that spirit in the creation story. The spirit blows over the waters of creation. Is it that this spirit that has been here all along holding this wisdom is someone we have to wait for? I know. <laughs> My thoughts exactly. What is the spirit holding back from us? What has the spirit been holding on to all this time? And why don't we get to hear it yet? It can be just maddening. But as much as I would like to know everything that there is to know and hold all wisdom right now, I also know what it feels like to sit through a week-long intensive class and feel like I am just drinking wisdom from a fire hose, and eventually feeling like a sponge, oversaturated, just unable to take in anything else. And I've also experienced hearing something before I was really ready to hear it, and feeling like I truly could not bear it. So I admit that there are things that maybe we just aren't ready to hear. Maybe there is a limit to what I can bear. But I still want to know, what is this thing that the disciples couldn't bear? And I really don't know. I think that I know some of the things that the Holy Spirit has said and done in the 2000 ish year period since Jesus was among us. But I don't know exactly what Jesus was talking about when he told the disciples there were things that they couldn't yet bear. I imagine, though, it's probably some of the same stuff that we can't bear. We can't bear to know the future. We'd like to. But we couldn't bear knowing all of the many ways that our lives are going to be changed beyond our recognition over the course of the time we walk this Earth. We couldn't bear to know all of the moments that are going to break our hearts. We couldn't bear to know what lies ahead, those things that will shake our faith, shake our very foundations. And I don't even think we could bear to know that even though those things may come, that hope will emerge on the other side that we will emerge on the other side, and continue to be held in God's loving, wide embrace. Maybe sometimes we are bold enough to think that if we could just know the future, that we could plan for it, that we could be ready, that we could maybe even prevent it, but we couldn't. There are bits and pieces of the future that I sure would like to know. There are some places on the timeline I would like to have a glimpse of. I would like to know where some things end and some other things begin. I would like to know where is the end of greed that creates hunger and poverty. I would like to know where is the end of gun violence in our country. I would like to know where is the end of all kinds of human suffering. to know where exactly does the realm of God begin, and how do we get from here to there? But I don't get to know all of that. I just get to know what's right here, right now. All we get is the next step. We can't know exactly where the road leads. We can't know exactly what we will find when we get there. But there's one thing that we can know. We can know who will be there because the Spirit of God that blew over the waters of creation, that descended at Jesus' baptism, that blew through on the day of Pentecost, that spirit is in all times and all places. In the Trinity, God becomes expansive so that God is not just the God of creation or just the God of the resurrection, but God is the God of all of it, of all of eternity. In the Trinity, God becomes not just our creator, but also our redeemer. And not just our redeemer, but also our sustainer. The embrace of this three-in-one God is so wide. And we are so limited. We can hold this much wisdom, this much vision, this much of eternity in our hearts. We are like those disciples on Pentecost, all together in one place. Gathered in our small circle, unable to even imagine what is about to happen. Unable to grasp all that eternity holds. I don't know where to start our timeline as the people of God. And I certainly don't have any idea what the ending looks like. But I think that's okay Because I think God looks at time in a way that is very different from our timelines. So I thought I would tell you about God's time in the very best way I have ever heard it told. It is the beginning of a story called The Circle of the Church Year. It's used in the godly play approach to Christian education. And the story goes like this, time time, time. There's a time for everything. There's a time to wake up and a time to go to bed at night. There's a time to work and a time to play. There's a time to be born and a time to die. But what is time? Some people say that time is in a line. Time in a line. Here it is. Here's the very beginning. It is brand new. Just being born. But it keeps going. Maybe this is the middle. Now the middle is brand new. And the beginning is getting a little bit older. But there's still more. It just keeps going. I wonder how long it goes. Aha. Here is the end. Now the end is brand new, just born. And look way back there at the beginning. That part is old like an ending. And this part, this ending is new, kind of like a beginning. And so you know what the church did? The church took this beginning that's like an ending and this ending that is like a beginning and tied them together. So now, for every beginning, there is an ending. And for every ending, there is a new beginning. And time just keeps going and going and going. I think this is a part of what it means to be the church. It means telling time like this. To be the people of God is to know the one who holds all of time together who holds all of eternity in a wide embrace. To be a people who cannot know the future, but who can be assured of the one who does. To be assured of the one who promises that for every ending, there is a new beginning. Thanks be to God for this wide embrace. Amen.